Welcome to episode 21, The Truth About Thanksgiving. Please do me a favor and share the show with your friends. If you're having a discussion about the Supreme Court, healthcare reform, gun control, the recent election, birthright citizenship, or Thanksgiving, please share the episode. Also, if you are listening on the Apple Podcast app, please take a second to scroll down on the bottom of the podcast page and give it a five-star rating. It helps with the visibility inside iTunes. Also, please consider supporting the show financially. All donations will be used to expand the reach of the show. See the show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for the link to the support page. The easiest way to stay up to date is to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. It is also available on Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean. Finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Today I'm going to read an excerpt from Rush Limbaugh's 1993 bestseller, See I Told You So. For those of you who are fans of Rush, you know that every year on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, he reads this same excerpt as a way of setting the record straight about the holiday. The story of the pilgrims begins in the early part of the 17th century. The Church of England under King James I was persecuting anyone and everyone who did not recognize its absolute civil and spiritual authority. Those who challenged the ecclesiastic authority of those who believed strongly in freedom of worship were hunted down, imprisoned, and sometimes executed for their beliefs. A group of separatists first fled to Holland and established a community. After 11 years, about 40 of them agreed to make a perilous journey to the New World, where they would certainly face hardships, but could live and worship God according to the dictates of their own conscience. On August 1, 1620, the Mayflower set sail. It carried a total of 102 passengers, including 40 pilgrims led by William Bradford. On the journey, Bradford set up an agreement, a contract that established just and equal laws for all members of this new community, irrespective of their religious belief. Where do the revolutionary ideas expressed in the Mayflower Compact come from? From the Bible. The pilgrims were a people completely steeped in the lessons of the Old and New Testaments. They looked to the ancient Israelites for their example. And because of the biblical precedents set forth in Scripture, they never doubted that their experiment would work. But this was no pleasure cruise, friends. The journey to the New World was a long and arduous one. And when the pilgrims landed in New England in November, they found, according to Bradford's detailed journal, a cold, barren, desolate wilderness. There were no friends to greet them, he wrote. There were no houses to shelter them. There were no inns where they could refresh themselves. And the sacrifice they had made for freedom was just beginning. During the first winter, half the pilgrims, including Bradford's wife, died of either starvation, sickness, or exposure. When spring finally came, Indians taught the settlers how to plant corn, fish for cod, and skin beavers for coats. Life improved for the pilgrims, but they did not yet prosper. This is important to understand because this is where modern American history lessons often end. Thanksgiving is actually explained in some textbooks as a holiday for which the pilgrims gave thanks to the Indians for saving their lives rather than as a devout expression of gratitude grounded on the tradition of both the Old and New Testaments. Here's the part that has been omitted. The original contract the pilgrims had entered into with their merchant sponsors in London called for everything they produced to go into a common store, and each member of the community was entitled to one common share. All the land they cleared and the houses they built belonged to the community as well. Bradford, who had become the new governor of the colony, recognized that this form of collectivism 
was as costly and destructive to the pilgrims as that first harsh winter, which had taken so many lives. He decided to take bold action. Bradford assigned a plot of land to each family to work and manage, thus turning loose the power of the marketplace. That's right, long before Karl Marx was ever born, the pilgrims had discovered and experimented with what could only be described as socialism. And what happened? It didn't work. Surprise, surprise, huh? What Bradford and his community found was that the most creative and industrious people had no incentive to work any harder than anyone else, unless they could utilize the power of personal motivation. But while most of the rest of the world had been experimenting with socialism for well over a hundred years, trying to refine it, perfect it, reinvent it, the pilgrims decided early on to scrap it permanently. What Bradford wrote about this social experiment should be in every school child's history lesson. If it were, we might prevent much needless suffering in the future. He wrote, The experiment that has had in this common course and condition tried sundry years, that by taking away property and bringing community into the commonwealth would make them happy and flourishing, as if they were wiser than God, Bradford wrote. He continued, For this community, so far as it was, was found to breed much confusion and discontent, and retard much employment that would have been to their benefit and comfort. For young men that were most able and fit for labor and service did repine that they should spend their time and strength to work for other men's wives and children without any recompense. That was thought injustice, end quote. Do you hear what he's saying, ladies and gentlemen? The pilgrims found that people could not be expected to do their best work without incentive. But what did Bradford's community try next? They unharnished the power of good old free enterprise by invoking the ungirding capitalistic principle of private property. Every family was assigned its own plot of land to work and permitted to market its crops and products. And what was the result? Quote, they had very good success, wrote Bradford, for it made all hands industrious, so as much more corn was planted than otherwise would have been. In no time the pilgrims found they had more food than they could eat. So they set up trading posts and exchanged goods with the Indians. The profits allowed them to pay off their debts to the merchants in London, and the success and prosperity of the Plymouth settlement attracted more Europeans and began what came, became known as the Great Puritan Migration. Now let me ask you, have you read this history before? Is this lesson being taught to your children today? If not, why not? Can you think of the, a more important lesson one can derive from the pilgrim experience? Before hearing that story on Russia's show years ago, I had never been told that part of the history of Thanksgiving or of the colonists. So I hope you found that useful as you enjoy your Thanksgiving weekend or if you're listening to this weeks or months or years from now. Please join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.